Segway Grand Canyon, Red Landfill. Hey, just but but just to put a bow on it for old times' sake. Oh, tie it together. Sorry, get, 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 sorry. For old times' sake, we're sakes. still stepping over each other. <laughs> it's just faster now. It's faster. All right. All right. For two things. One, let's go ahead and get all the stepping on each other out. So for the next five seconds, let's just get it out of our system. Three, two. One but go. That was just don't know what's going on in my life. And, like things fall down, then I'm all here, and you're here, and I'm here, and we're here, and I'm just good to see you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and the second thing is, let's get the final clap since we're we're in person. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's no reason. Let's have a superfluous clap for no good damn reason. You ready? It. Yep. Three, two, one. And no claps at all. <laughs> oh. Damn it, man. A Broken Toys Studio Production. Broken, but still good. We turned into, like, sorry, we turned into high schoolers. Like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. I'm not going to be the a-hole that claps first. You clap first. <laughs> and I thought we were going to do anything. And then still, I managed to get his clap and not register it in my head. I heard it and not register it in my head before I said, and no claps. Oh, my God. All okay, right. so we're, we're, we're completely helpless. That's, <laughs> it's like we're lost at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Would you like to? Yes. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to do a whole uh, pitch on it. Would you, would, you, would you like to feed some people who can't feed themselves? <laughs> Support us on Patreon or something. That's, I don't know, Kofi. Uh, give us your money for your ramen noodles. Oh, real quick. Speaking of Patreon, uh, I am going to do some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're going to take a few videos uh, of the new new pod pad, new tour, and uh, and sort of that sort of thing. So, uh, <clears throat> some if raw you guys, content, maybe. What's up? Some raw content, maybe. Yeah, oh, some raw content. So, uh, so if you guys are interested in that, check us out on Patreon. Uh, it costs very little, so very little. For you to get so much fun or just support local creators because we do actually surprisingly put in time and effort into doing this and money into doing this because hosting is not inexpensive. So so you can check out Patreon if you uh, if, if you like if you like hanging out with us every week. Uh, I do have a question. Uh, yes, sir, actually, go ahead. two you questions. The yes, thank you. Um, two questions because I got to this microphone before the other 50 people did and they cut the capacity. <laughs> um, one. Can we be found on Patreon today, the day this episode airs, which is probably Saturday? Yeah, unless yeah, I screw yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And two, where can we be found on Patreon? Uh, it's at Gen Geek Pod. Uh, so you can Gen search Geek Pod. Yeah, you can search Gen Geek Pod on uh, on Patreon, and uh, I'll I'll list the links in our Facebook, in our Instagram, and in our Twitter uh, bios and all that good stuff. And so. if I'm not completely incompetent, I will put them in our podcast link too in the description. Uh, don't hold your breath. I am incompetent. I'll probably forget. But um, then remind us. Uh, yell at us at uh, gengeek, the number one at gmail.com. <laughs> That's it. And then you can yell at us there. Um, but anyway, on to the fun stuff. Well, on to Grand Landfill. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there was a saying uh, Andy Tannenbaum, a uh, famous computer scientist, said, Never underestimate the bandwidth of a station wagon full of tapes hurtling down the highway. Back in the 80s, and we wanted to guess how much data would fit in a 2021 Subaru Outback. Uh, we used a rated cargo volume because the idea was, again, Grand Landfill, this isn't about us doing a thorough scientific evaluation where we will, you know, get sponsored by Subaru, tear one apart, um, 
take some measurements and, you know, because we're sponsored by somebody big or we have a YouTube following and we make a million dollars a month, we end up just buying everything we can and actually shoving it in a Subaru because it makes great video. We can't afford to do that. Um, so we just go to Wolfram Alpha. Wolfram Alpha is a computational engine. It allows you to put in uh, mostly kind of natural language-ish queries. So, I mean, you can ask it an English sentence and it's going to tell you what it interpreted out of that sentence and then try to calculate something out of that interpretation. Um, and I think half the fun is it's really trying its hardest to figure out when you're asking it, how many bees would fit in the moon? Like it, it's just <laughs> trying really hard. So we started with grand, uh, you know, we started with, uh, with the grand Canyon as how many X would fit in the grand Canyon. Did a bunch of those. It was really fun. Wanted to branch out. So grand landfill still stays in name and in spirit, but we're going really creative. And that's why we're trying to figure out what will fit in this Subaru Outback 2021. And we are talking about um, high volume drives. We're talking about the three and a half inch, those old desktop drives, if you're familiar with those, because those have the highest, um, generally speaking, the highest storage capacity. Now, density is a different question. I already saw Ben is saying, but, because he's right, but we're talking st highest storage capacity. And we're talking something that most people, especially, um, let's be frank, People who listen to us who are older, uh, the Xers and Millennials, not the Xennials, would be familiar with these three and a half inch platter drives, not the bigger drives, not the drives that were the size of a washing machine that held, you know, 200 megabytes that IBM sold. Not Whopper with the big spinning wheels and all the flashing lights and all right. that. Right. Um, and and to, to bring it all back together, uh, you, thought, you thought you were being uh, silly, but you were being incredibly insightful. When Andy Tannenbaum was talking about uh, a truck, a station wagon full of tapes hurtling down the highway, he was talking about those same magnetic tapes we saw on Whopper. So, uh, Ben guessed, oh, I'm sorry, I guessed 3,000 terabytes worth of data on those um, older three and a half inch drives, the platter drives, the spinning magnetic drives would fit in there. Uh, ben said 21,000 terabytes. I went big. I wanted to go big on this one because... You have, have, have historically been, I wouldn't say underguessing, you've been cautious because right. we are playing prices right, Price rules. right rules. So you've been historically cautious and just allowed me enough uh, uh, rope to hang myself, for lack of a better term. Um, and so uh, 3,000 feels, you said you did 3,000, right? Oh, that's 3,000 yep. 3, feels with, based on that size. I'm seeing the little like drive in my head, uh -huh. uh, the little kind of bigger than a wallet size drive. Three thousand terabytes sounds about right. I'm pretty sure I went a little over the top, um, but hey, listen, I'm here to find out just like everybody else. So, uh, so where do, where do we land on that? Where do we drive on that? Uh, well, you had the right instincts. So we um, we plugged the Subaru Outback 2021 cargo volume. Wait, into 2021. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I have the year right. Yep. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Huge difference between 2020 and 2021 with the same body. That's yeah. Um, the inch, the window's a little bit taller. <laughs> um, plugging them in. Wolfram Alpha um, doesn't give us the volume. It gives us overall length, overall width, overall height, which is for the entire vehicle. So obviously, you know, there's aerodynamics involved. Um, the front hood is going to be lower than the roof. The, this is kind of a bounding box, is what it has. 
uh, it did not have the actual volume. Now, if you look at some other cars and ask it for things like cargo space, it will even differentiate for some cars between cargo space and passenger space, not the Subaru 2021 Outback when I ran it. Womp womp. But if we do Subaru Outback 2021 length times width times height, we get 536.6 cubic feet uh, or 4,014 gallons in case you want to measure <laughs> your hard drives and fluids. So we're going to roll with this because this is in the spirit of what Wolfram Alpha is going to tell us, not what the actual right answer is. Um, three and a half inch hard drive volume does give us 23 cubic inches. It does tell us what it is. It says they are on average like 5.7 by four by one inches. Um, and I, and I fact checked that that's about right. I mean, they are in, they got that right. Wolfram Alpha is hit and miss, man. Uh, it has some stuff. It doesn't have others. But if you're looking for a place that just has all of the random information you need, like stats, and you just want to be able to search on them, this is the place to go. It just doesn't. Like, so, so who was right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> who was right, sorry. Lou? And this, and this has been, how long will Ben <laughs> let me go on and on? I'm just over here seething. I'm just, <laughs> get to the answer. How badly did I go over? How badly did we miss by? Did we get it right? Did somebody get exactly right? Uh, nobody got it exactly right. What we found out was the total bandwidth in, um, I don't know what original means because it's been so long since we've done this that I'm not sure what my notes say, but it will range between 483,000 terabytes or exabytes and 725,000 terabytes or exabytes. So Ben, you're the winner. <laughs> Am I? We missed that by an order of magnitude. Several orders of magnitude. Several orders of magnitude. That's, so, that is incredible. Right. Now, if you look at cargo volume, um, it cuts that in about half. It's about 75.7 cubic feet of cargo volume. So if you look at cargo volume, because someone does have to drive this thing. Right. It and does that include like the engine well and all that, or is it just passenger side? I don't believe so. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I believe I don't believe it even includes the passenger side. I believe that's just like back seat and further back. So if you, uh, so if you had, I'm gonna sound like Boondock Saints for a little bit, right? Big fucking guy. If you had like a really big fucking guy in the car, like yeah. or four big fucking guys in the car, we would be way closer. Yes. So right. So I think what we just missed was we assumed that there was four sumo wrestlers going to a sumo match. Correct. Match or game, game pitch, pitch, yeah, a gathering, a murder. Sorry, oh yeah, um, <laughs> a pod of of sumo wrestlers. Well, actually, of boomers, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's um, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I said uh, exabyte earlier. Petabyte would be next. Um, but anyway, uh, irrelevant. Uh, send us your corrections. I don't care. Like, light me up um, for saying the wrong thing. SD cards are a lot denser. You can actually get a lot more traffic through by loading a bunch of SD cards. Also, if you buy them on Amazon in bulk, uh, you don't have to worry about them shaking around because there's no moving parts, so nothing will break. Um, I would recommend exabytes. Now! I get 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. Did you know Annie Tannenbaum <coughs> created the Minix operating system? Oh, good lord! It was I a university. Uh, uh, I got thirty seconds. No, you're right. I'm stepping on you. No, restart. Everybody, back <laughs> to your places. Back to one. Everybody, back to one. Ready and go. 
Did you know Andy Tannenbaum created the Minix operating system? It was a university teaching clone of Unix. His publisher wouldn't allow source material to be free, so it had to have a nominal, char- nominal charge like a textbook. At the time, it was $69. Minix, please. Uh, Minix heavily influenced Linus Torvalds in the development of Linux operating system. He started on a Minix machine and decided that that was too much, which, to be fair, was a lot back in the 80s, comparatively. Um, and wanted to give us the OS we all love to take a dump on today. Uh, Andy Tannenbaum also made popular the CIA triad of computer security. Uh, wasn't his creator, but confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Andy Tannenbaum. Tape's moving down the highway. Sorry. Ding, ding, ding. And that has been your time. Okay. <laughs> now, all the nerd content is out now. All, like, you don't have to worry about it no, anymore. No, it's not. It's not even close. <laughs> well, you're right. Um. So here, I have a question. As far as nerd stuff goes, yes. Um, not only are you familiar with nerd stuff, you also know a little bit about, as I understand it, not necessarily weapons, but you know, explosives and things like that. You 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 do volunteer fire fire work. Sure, you understand right. things that blow up and make sounds. Uh, yes. So I uh, I ask this to say uh, I, I say that to say this is, <clears throat> and this is local to here, but I'm wondering if anybody else has experienced this. Yesterday, uh huh, we're all sitting around the house. Nice Father's Day Sunday. We're chilling. Yes. And there is an audible and physical boom sound, like windows shaking. Right. Dogs go crazy. Gigantic boom. So, you, so uh, to set the picture, you're on the west side of Athens, outside of Athens. For those that are local listeners. I'm on the east side. <clears throat> for those that are local listeners, I'm on the west side of Athens. Because uh, I know what my answer would be for that exact okay. thing. So, uh, so... I'm on the west side of Athens in this area that they call, apparently they call dark corners. And there's a whole big thing yes. about that because apparently way back in the day, um, the mail would come out of Watkinsville. And by right. the time the horse-drawn carriage would get out to where I am, uh, it would be dark at that, at, at that time. Right. It's not a race thing or anything no, like no, that. No. It's literally just people are like, by the time you get to that corner of the county, it's going to be dark. Well, can we, can we really dive deep into uh, Georgia history and uh, how the counties were built? Again, not a race thing. I see you laughing and being uncomfortable. It's not a race thing. Go ahead. Uh, as much as that is popular in Georgia's history, um, the Georgia counties originally were all divvied up with the general idea that a man could get on his horse. So it's a gender thing. But a man could get on his horse, go into town, to the county courthouse, to the seat of the county, conduct his business for a few hours, get back on his horse and get back home before sundown. And I think summer was the general rule of thumb or fall. So on a good long day, you could get out at sunrise, conduct your business in town for a few hours, come back home and be home by sundown. The dark corner is popular. There's one in Oglethorpe as well, where I volunteer. And that's kind of like the outreaches. This is kind of like your furthest spot in the county is dark corners. Right. So, yeah. So it's like you you were, it might have been Athens before they uh, split Clark County off. Right. So over over in dark in my dark corner, um, there was something to ride into town about and find out about because there was this big boom, shakes all the windows, dogs go crazy, um, and you know you jump onto your next door your 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 social media sites and everybody's like, oh, dark corners or some like gigantic boom site, some gigantic boom. So I'm, I want to throw this out there. You said you you knew what. You think you know what it would have been if it was on your side of town. Oh, I know what it would have been on my side of town. So I'm curious because I have no idea what it is, and I only have a guess, but I want to know what you 
So we're probably going in a completely wrong direction then for what happened here. Probably. What would be on your side? So on my side of town is the um, Athens Ben Epps Airport. Mm -hmm. Right? Athens Ben Epps Airport is located right next to, quote unquote, the quarry. I don't know whose quarry it is, but there is a quarry. It is an active quarry. And every so often when you have an active quarry, you have to dynamite the quarry. I don't know if they still use dynamite. I assume they use something more stable now. But you have to blast in the quarry. Every so often, we will get a, I mean, noticeable, I wouldn't say it's like big. You know, people who go through earthquakes, say in California, this is nothing like that. But every so often, we get a noticeable, you know, something will rattle on a shelf, the windows will rattle, um, kind of boom. and. Usually it's because that quarry is active and it's a few miles away from me, but still you, you will hear it. Well, with you being, <clears throat> excuse me, with you being on that side of town near the airport, that actually leads me to what I thought it was. Yeah. Which is, and I, and I've never seen one in person. I think that was a sonic boom. Okay. And, and the only reason I think that, well, there's a couple of reasons I think that, but one of the reasons I think that is, um, I want to say something large, large <laughs> enough to, be on next door. Right. Well, and broke, it's, broke that barrier. Broke the sound barrier. I, I think it has to be because any normal explosion, I say normal explosion, the spread of the people that are like, oh yeah, I felt it, was from like Watkinsville to almost Winder. So it's such a large footprint okay. that I have a tough time, and it all happened at the same time. Like, boom happens, next 45 seconds, next door is just blown up with 20, 30 people that are already talking about it. So, so it, it reached everybody in that area. Okay. Uh, which is for so people that don't have know where we are. That's four or five miles that's wide. A, yeah. Um, a few people said that they thought maybe it's Tannerite. So they thought maybe people a gender are, reveal. That's with Tannerite. <laughs> right. That's what they're doing. You know, more people have died. More people have died from gender reveals than they have from um, uh, foreign terrorism in the U.S. in the past year. That's. Just another reason to get rid of gender reveal. Anyway, if yeah. you if you had a gender no, no, reveal, not, good not, for you. Not not political, just the fact. <laughs> so, but here's why I think it was a sonic boom is because I just saw that. Um, is it Virgin? Uh -huh. Um, United. Uh, United plans to bring back supersonic flight yes, by 2029. Yes, I have heard that. And here's the deal: is uh, for those that don't know why we don't have supersonic flight now, because like, well, why not go real high, fly real fast? Um, they had limited it to just doing it over the ocean because of the sonic boom. Um. So there was no, you know, transcontinental uh, supersonic flights. And the interesting thing about that is it's like, oh, well, my first thought is like, we'll just fly really high. You know, you right. fly really high. You don't have to worry about it. The higher you fly, the mm -hmm. wider the footprint from the supersonic boom. So the higher you go up, the more people you're actually disturbing. So you're actually right. better off. It's dangerous. You're actually better off if you're going to do supersonic flight as low as humanly, physically possible. To, okay. Because it lessens the footprint. But now it really does damage to people that are in that footprint because it's going to be stronger. Coming out of, and coming out of, say, Atlanta, winder to here would be within the range of directions that that flight would come. But United doesn't. Out of Atlanta, does it? No, Delta and, I, and does. I don't think it's a United. What I think it is is that there's also a military base. There Warner Robins uh, flies out of South Atlanta. There's another base north of Atlanta. 
Yeah. Um, but like when they do the military flyovers for like UGA and stuff like that, it comes out of what, Warner Robins. Warner Robins would be and the it place takes for that. like for like the, the the fighter jets to do their flyover. It takes them something ridiculous like four minutes to, to get to here from Warner Robins. So it's like they take off and they do their flyover and then they land less than fifteen. The, like the the yeah, they could really probably do it in under ten if they needed to. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it's 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 really um, so if you've ever done say work in um, intercepting missiles, launching satellites, things like that. It's a pet. It's a hobby of they, mine. They move. They move really. They move really fast. They move really fast. It's kind of one of those things where you think, well, just just intercept it, sure. But they move really fast. Um, I, I'm not sure that you can really conceptualize exactly how fast a lot of these things move, and it's really interesting to think that maybe, maybe this is some supersonic tests, uh, because there's some really good tests going on that Disney's been doing. Go ahead. Like what? Ooh, that's my part. Like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's great is that the delays are a lot less now. Um, but they're still there. They're still oh, a yeah, lag still in there. my head. Yeah, and I and I have to sit and think sometimes. Like sometimes I have to like stew on something. Ooh, that's my line. <laughs> well, like is, what, Lou? Yeah, part part of it's waiting for lag, and part of it is I don't have Ben poking me here saying, "Just say something, literally anything." Um, have you seen the Disney Stuntronics? No, but I have. I have heard about it. it this is Spider Man, right? Yes, I watched a video of it, and it was. Absolutely amazing. So, so what is it for, 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 for the Midwest listener uh, right. who, who's never been to Disneyland World or a city? Um, what uh, what, I, what is know, this? For, I, for the Midwest listener, I have um, the perfect excuse for me to just talk again for a while. Um, if you've ever gone to, say, Disney World, um, in many of the fireworks shows, Tinkerbell will um, kick off the show. Not in all of them, but in, in many of them. And she flies from the castle to, generally, she goes over near Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Terrace. Um, so, this is a person who is, um, we'll, we'll, say, we'll say, this is Tinkerbell following a wire, right? This is um, our fairies people, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to worry about immigration. This is not my thing. I'm again not a pol- not a political show, but this is an entity, a living being, a Tinkerbell, a fairy who will fly from the castle down to, you know, again near uh, near Tomorrowland. And it doesn't always it doesn't always happen. Like no, tink, it doesn't tink, always happen. Tink, as I understand it, only flies in the best of conditions, and I know that because I'm going to. Feel free to cut this if this no, is no, going to no. make uh, your, your wife mad. Uh, but, I mean, it's a true thing, so if she's mad about it, she's the one that made decisions, so now you have to live with it in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, it's I'm, gonna, li- it, I'm living with my decisions. It's on wax now. So, uh, Katie and I got engaged at Disney World, and you guys were there with us. I was there, yeah. <laughs> you were there. You took the, the photos of Yeah, uh, I think us. I creeped Katie out. So, we <laughs> scared the shit out of her. Um, but we, got, we were engaged. We had a whole like spa treatment at the Grand Floridian Spa. And then right when the fireworks were going off over the Magic Kingdom, we were out on the beach looking over Seven, is seven Seas Lagoon. Yep. Uh, looking over Seven Seas Lagoon, seeing the fireworks over the castle, and then I pr- proposed to her there on the beach. <laughs> With this uh, creepy guy taking pictures from the bushes 
literally breathing hard because it's me and my sinuses are bad and it's uh, humid. Plus, I'm also a guy who sits in the bushes and breathes hard, apparently. If you've ever had a photo shoot done by Darth Vader, that's basically what uh, it yeah. is. <laughs> so anyway, I say that to say this was your wife, uh, who... who... That's your hate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're so effed. We're going to get so much trouble for this. Is uh, She was going to be there to to like help take pictures and do all that kind of stuff. But then she was like, oh, it's a really nice night. I heard Tinkerbell's going to fly. She goes, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the the thing. I'm going to go watch Tinkerbell fly. Yeah. Um, And I was like, cool, whatever, you know, do your thing. Here's what actually worked out how this is so perfect was she went to go see Tinkerbell fly. You were there to take photos. Yes. Katie and I were in the little spa thing, and the idea was to take the, the photos when the, the, when the fireworks were going off of the, the thing. Right. We almost missed the fireworks because we were sitting there talking. The monorail comes by, and the horn blows. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we need to get out there. Charla had them ring the, or pull the, the horn on the monorail. What? As we were going, did you not know that? No. As we were going by, as they were going by the Grand Floridian, she had them like, like, like do the bell. That honking prompted us to be like, oh, shit, we need to, I need to go. I'm going to miss my own proposal. Wow. <laughs> and that's what got us out there to do that. Um, so I say all that to say this is, is tink flying is, doesn't happen often. It's a special thing to catch. Yeah. Uh, it is a bit of a rarity, and it's, it's dangerous. It's becoming rarer these days, yeah. And it is dangerous. Um, you can't really let a ferry just loose in, in South Florida. There's lots of... It's not Australia, but there's still a lot of things that are going to go try to hunt down and eat a ferry. So, you know, she flies pretty much straight down to a safe spot. There is now, um, I'll say it's a, okay, if you're not into spoilers, jump ahead 10 minutes. Um, there is now a, an actor who comes, I feel like I've validated myself now. Like we're clear, we're clear for a good 10 minutes Set a timer. Um, we have, um, there's an actor now, uh, in Disney California adventure in the new Marvel, uh, area, uh, Spider-Man comes out, does some dancing up on top of the, uh, you know, the sets out there, just like you have with the stormtroopers who are coming out in, uh, help me out here. Oh, Galaxy's um, Edge? Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they come out. So you've got Marvel Campus with right. all your Marvel characters, just as you would have Black Spire out for uh, Galaxy's Edge, whatnot, so on right. and so forth. On bet. Good, at least one of us is competent. That's um, no, I just you. really, oh, sorry, really... Oh, sorry, God no, bless you. No, I, I, just, missed my, I missed my cue. Damn it. I just really want to go out there, so I've just, I live vicariously by just memorizing it all. There you go. Um, so we have a Spider-Man. He does basically the same thing, except, you know, acrobatic instead of menacing, uh, putting a blaster at everyone. And decides, no, it's time to go. Shoots his webs, disappears, then jumps from a lower building to a higher building, does some acrobatic stunts in flight, and lands presumably fine. There is a human doing stunts, and an animatronic does the leap. And it's not a small leap. I mean, it's... No, it's huge! From the, the little bit of video I've seen of it, it's just, it looks like it's hundreds of feet in the air. It may be forced perspective, but it looks like it's, it's definitely 
too far for a human to safely go. My conservative estimate was it was a good 100 feet horizontal and at least 50 feet vertical. Right. Um, but it definitely, it, it looked like hundreds. But I was trying to, I was already thinking for its perspective, right? Because Disney, what we do. Um, that was my thought. And definitely does. And does stunts in the air, right? Puts the legs up. And, the, like, you know, it's flipping. Um, no, you know, no, no, ac- no, uh, like, say, acrobatics. Uh, Simone Biles. Is that right? Yes. Thank you. Um, Maybe there's an extra S in there. Go ahead. Close enough. Okay. We all know who you're talking about. The cool. most amazing gymnast on the face of the planet. Right. Who is blows our mind so much that I can't even like. She does things not them. to get on a side. She yeah. does things that are like, we don't even know the name for that. We're just, we're going to have to, we're naming new shit because of you. Right. 11 out of 10. Um, mind blowing. We should do a segment on that later, but, and do it proper. But for now, going back, you know, it, not like that, but there's some acrobatic stunts in the air while it's flying. It's an animatronic. It is your Abe Lincoln. <laughs> right? Flying in the Hall the of air. Presidents? In the Hall of Presidents, flying through the air to catch it in a net or something. Flying through the air, doing acrobatics in the air as a machine. And obviously, it's got to be super expensive. So I can't imagine there's, there was a lot of trial and error with it. Like the very yeah. time, first time they throw it, and they're like, oh, too far. We, we busted this one. Well, bring in the other 10. Okay, question. Okay, go ahead. Are we, and, and I, I've, been, I've been postulating this since Galaxy's Edge, are we back to the late 80s, early 90s era of, um, uh, you know, is, is this, is this a kind of a golden age of Imagineering again? Are we getting back to that? I, 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 off the top of my head with absolutely no forethought whatsoever, I would say yes. And the reason I would say yes is because I don't want to say things were stagnant because they're always doing something. They're always doing something. But I think, I think that they were used to seeing slow incremental growth. And when Universal started mm-hmm. really upping their game and other, other theme parks as well, but sure. when Universal started doing all the Harry Potter stuff and really making an immersive mm-hmm. experience on the same level as Disney, I think Disney realized they were like, okay, we can't just do another slow, dark ride, even though that's great. Right. But keep in mind, Pirates of the Caribbean was cutting edge technology when it first came out. Oh, yeah. We think of Disney now, we're like, oh, it's quaint, it's theming, and it's nice, and, and, and it's nostalgic and all that. Nostalgia runs for exactly half a generation. Sure. You lose your nostalgia after that. You have to create more, more new memories with things that are bigger, better, faster, bigger teeth. Sorry to quote Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah. Um, you, you have to keep doing that because the nostalgia only lasts so, so long. You have to continue to innovate, um, as, just as, as Walt himself said about Epcot and all of his parks, all, uh, all ever in a state of becoming. Yeah, and that's something I think about often, even about myself, is like ever in a state of becoming. You are not, we have a tendency to think of things binarily. We think back on like, I was this way at this time. It's like, no, you were just that person for that moment. Right. Tomorrow you will be a different person than you are today than you were yesterday. Um, but us, just like the parks, I think often change slowly unless there's a big catalyst that, that uh, spurs you into having to make big changes. Right. I think that Disney and Universal and all those were a little bit laissez-faire. And then mm-hmm. once, once Universal goes out with the, the big Harry Potter stuff, then Disney's also like, okay, well, 
we need to go big as well. Right. And I mean, I, I, I've been vocal in, uh, also, also there's now on Disney plus, if you're not a subscriber, just go ahead and do it. Um, the Imagineering story is really great. And honestly, pretty fair. I mean, they're probably not as hard on themselves about their decisions for Imagineering in the nineties as they should be. However, they are kind of hard on themselves. They recognize that they made some cuts and they made some decisions that really had impacts. And, um, I remember being down over the summer of uh, 99 and Islands of Adventure was, Ooh, it was being, it was, it was completed. I think it opened in either 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. And it was a big, like, it was a big talking point, right? Like the, all the things that we're doing. And then, um, No, you're right. May 28th, 1999. Yeah. Okay. I went in 2001. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't remember. It wasn't yeah. really open until I went. I don't remember fixing this anyway. This is, this is the confirmation bias of humans right here at play, right? Um, yeah, I, you know, I remember looking at whatever it was it was due, 99. Um, but I remember being down there and going a few times and remember, like, thinking, man, you know, Port of entry is that honestly kind of a miss, but I get what they were trying to do with it. And this is a, it was a big thing. And they had a lot of the Disney Imagineers that Disney cut loose. If you watch the show, they will tell you they cut a lot of Imagineers. They're not, they're not uh, putting a, you know, a little bow on that. They're, they'll flat out tell you. Um, I remember seeing that and saying, man, the Hulk coaster. You know what? Uh, Universal was really picking up where Disney was letting go. And I think that's where it started. But yeah, Wizarding World of Harry Potter was definitely a massive turning point where I think Disney realized, you know, we kind of screwed up. It took them a long time to get there. Almost 10 years at that point. But it took them a long time to get there. But I think they finally realized it. And I think they're kind of getting it now. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, you have to continue to, to innovate those, those sorts of things. And just like having a good product and then just resting on, on your laurels is a, is a recipe for disaster. Yes. Speaking of recipes. Yes. Uh, that leads me to what I wanted to talk about as far as a restaurant, a local restaurant. Probably our closing segment for today. Probably. This is going to sound a little close to the best. Yeah. Um, but I think it plays out to, to everything else. And the way I listed it, I'll let you guys know how I put it on the Trello board. Because, again, surprisingly, we're actually organized. Yes. And uh, I was confused as hell. <laughs> is, uh, I believe I put on there that the varsity. No, not Hell isn't confusing. <laughs> Hell is exactly what it says on the says on the tin. What is confusing? Confusing is a modern instruction manual. Sorry, uh, go on. Yeah, uh, a Ryan Johnson film that's not uh, Last Jedi. Um, oh man, <laughs> right, Looper. <laughs> Looper. I uh, loved it, but man, Super Duper Looper. That's a different movie. Oh, um, what's the what's the other one that um, they made the telephone booth where it has to go backwards in time at the same rate you go forwards in time? Uh, um, you I know what? You know what? I, I'm getting distracted. You're talking about the the dude. Uh, you're talking about uh, Christopher Nolan. Ben's gonna get it. Is that Tenet? Is that what you're talking about? Oh no, no. But that is also. I've never seen Tenet, by the way. I didn't. I've not been in the right headspace to watch something that I'm gonna have to think about for the next few hours. So I haven't watched Tenet or Requiem for a Dream uh, in the last um, few months. I, uh, um, controversial <laughs> opinion. Yes, go ahead. Uh, and write us in Gen Geek the number one at gmail.com. Tenet overblown. 
Anyway, I, go on. I, it's, I, li- I like Nolan, but I don't like it, Nolan as much as Nolan likes Nolan. Um, so anyway, what I was going to say is there's a local restaurant uh, called The Varsity. And I right. say local. It's local to Georgia. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I mean, where the, else would it be? Local well, it's not local first. to Athens. Like, you and I are both in Athens. Oh, okay. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But Fair. it originated in Atlanta. Yes. It was originally called the Yellow Jacket. It was basically adjacent to Georgia Tech. Yep, right across the interstate. Yep. And, uh, well, the interstate wasn't there at the time. When they built the interstate, it actually took out right. part of their, their parking lot. Right. Um, but it's, it's the world's largest drive-in, like, like, restaurant that you can drive in and, and eat. Um, as opposed to having to get out and go inside the restaurant. Uh, it's two right. city blocks. Well, that was a big thing back. Right. Yeah. Well, it was, that's just it. It, was, it originally opened in 1928. Um, right. Uh, as the Yellow Jacket, and then they changed names. And then a second location opened up in 1932, I believe. Um, and it was on College that Avenue, a, downtown Athens. Yep. Right across from the Arch, right across from campus. So you had the two in-state rivals, Georgia Tech and Georgia, and they both had a varsity. Now, for those that are not familiar, for those that are familiar, like, of course it's the varsity. Well, sure. Um, the varsity uh, famous for, you know, chili dogs, slaw dogs, hamburgers, fries, and their amazing frosted orange, which right. is a, a basically like an orange milkshake. And if you've never had it, it sounds disgusting. Oh. It's like the most delicious orange sherbet. Like, it cools you off. There's a tang to it. It's sweet. It's just... It's, it's summertime perfection if in Georgia. If you're going to try one thing, that is the thing. Yeah. So um, I, I say all that to say this is that it's become an end of an era of sorts um, because they likewise have not necessarily innovated. They've basically been the exact same restaurant oh, yeah. uh, for a very, very long time. Now, the one that's in downtown Atlanta is still there, still doing fine. Uh, they opened some varsity juniors around the state, didn't really pick up. Some of those buildings closed down and they yeah. demolished and things like that. The one that was in Athens was downtown, right across from campus, until, I want to say, 64. I mean, a bit, it was on the corner of Millet. Well, no, no, no. The one downtown was there until 64, and then they built the one oh, on the oh, corner oh, sorry, of Millet. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So then they Before moved up the times. street. Before our time. As old as we are. <laughs> they moved up the street right. uh, into now what is a pretty iconic location in Athens. You've got the, the big oak trees around it and the big neon lights around the top. Uh, and you can basically get the same dining experience that you can get in 1964, you can get in, in 2021. Right. Until June 20th, 2021, Father's oh, Day. Oh. And the reason it's closing is, as I understand it, they, the people that own the property. Uh, closing or closed? Uh, closed. That yes, location is closed. We're past Father's Day now. Right. Correct. By Thank two you. days. By two days. Yes, that is closed. Um, they... Uh, the people that own the property apparently are like, well, this property would make us more money if we raise this building, uh, if we tear this down, and we build like a mixed-use student housing with super expensive They're condos. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I say that like, oh no, oh whoa, is the is the varsity? It's like, yeah, but business was slowly declining, and, and they yeah. can they and can they build. Prided. Go ahead. And they and they would pride themselves on uh, on pricing, so. These were not $10 artisan chili dogs. <laughs> right. right. Right? Like, it, they would make five cents a piece, and um, uh, what, what, what's the old joke? Oh, you're selling these at a loss. Yeah, but we'll make it up on volume. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this was the varsity, is, because in Atlanta it's still there, this is the varsity's business model. Um, we sell it at a loss, but we'll make it up on volume. Right. 
So, uh, you know, I took the kids there to, to, so that they could dine at that restaurant uh, before they, they closed this one. And now, before you get real scared and before everybody across the country buys plane tickets to, to fly into Athens uh, to eat at this iconic restaurant. Yeah, they you missed all, it. What's that? Yeah, you missed it. You missed it. No, they are supposed to be opening up another one in Athens somewhere. They'll open something a bit more modern somewhere. Um, if they're smart, they'll open something downtown that's kind of like, uh, like um, say, uh, a grill Five Guys crossover. Right. And it won't be the same, but it'll be the same. So, but here's what I want to talk about, about with that that I thought was interesting, because I love the place. It was one of my favorite oh, yeah. things ever. When I first oh, met, yeah. met my wife, uh, I told her that I believe that on the eighth day, God created Sanford Stadium and the Varsity. Uh, and I still stand by that. Um, is, is What's that? Half true. Half true. Um, here's the thing. Is... The original location had one of the most interesting stories, and I've seen this on several documentaries. They had a, an employee that worked there for years and years and years and years and years. 45 years he worked there by the name of Irby Walker. Have you ever heard of Irby Walker? No. Okay, so if you ever see the shirts for the varsity, they'll have in big quotation marks, what do you have? Right. And then when you go into the varsity, what do you have? What do you have? that's just it. You've obviously been to the varsity. You walk in, <laughs> and everybody's just calling in for, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? And so I was telling the boys about this and my experience. Trust me, I had every birthday as a kid growing up there. My parents got so tired of going to the varsity. Right. So um, uh, Mr. Walker, uh, Irby Walker, worked there for 45 years. Started out as like, like cleaning the place. Right. Uh, when he went on to, to do cashier work, and you think, well, it's just cashier work. It's, just, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. You have to have somebody do this stuff. Not like sure. the monolith at McDonald's that you mentioned uh, right. way back where you come in and stuff talking <laughs> yes. to a human. The human looks at you as you enter it in onto basically a big version of what they have in front of you. Uh, and it just creates a really weird social dynamic. Yeah, that monolith will not <laughs> chat with you about how the weather is. So, uh, Irby Walker, here's the thing was, um, they didn't have little calculators uh, to help you come up with the totals. Right. It's not like now it wasn't digital or anything like that. So, Irby Walker's claim to fame was. He said, uh, he, sorry, you're going to have a cup. Just a second. Lou doesn't cut anything when he edits the podcast. You see, he'll just sing on some mom, Phil. Okay, perfect. I got it. He can't. Oh, sorry. Thank you for doing that. So anyway, he did all this math in his head incredibly quickly. He was the first one they had there that, that would do this. So in the whole idea of like, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? He, he famously would say over and over again, he said, have your money out and your food on your mind. I'll get you to the game on time. And it was just, it, it kind of was helped, a big thing. In which Athens. was a big thing. It was, well, he was in Atlanta, but yeah. it was a big thing for okay. people going to the Georgia Tech really? games. And the Georgia the, Tech games? Yeah, well, you wouldn't think so, but people apparently. People went to that? Oh, back in those days. I guess. <laughs> back when Rudy was playing against them. Oh, yeah. Out of, ta- out of town folks, right? <laughs> yeah, out of yeah, town folks. Right. When all the Athens folks came in. Um, but that was yeah. just it, is that he would just Can come up. Can we use the F word? With the- <laughs> <laughs> But he would just have that total Im- immediately, and that's in the documentaries that right. you see of him. You'll come in and you'll say, uh, I want two number ones and number four, a number three, two extra chili dogs, and eight frosted oranges. And he'll be like, 3743. Right. And so a just, Tech grad this guy was. <laughs> I, I, he got his education at the varsity. And that's, yeah. He is a, doc- he is a doctorate uh, emeritus of uh, I would love uh, to put the any Georgia Tech grad up against that. <laughs> no, sorry. So, but it's just a little nostalgic for me. So this old building in Athens that, that I've ventured into uh, since the early 1980s uh, is, yeah. going, is going to be, uh, is going to be t- torn down. 
Um, I'm happy that the chili dogs are going to be still in town. I don't know that they're going to taste the same somewhere else, but they're not going to taste the same because it's, it's not going to be as old and greasy. And, uh, let's be honest, not clean. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, some, there's something to that. Definitely season is the word I would use. <laughs> if, if you're, if you're a cast iron fan, I would use the word seasoned, seasoned, seasoned. Uh, well, this has been a, a, a good way to jump into this season. Of uh of general geekery, so specifically, season four of this podcast, absolutely. So uh, this has been fun. You got anything else? Um, I mean, uh, uh this is the third time I've used this phrase. I, I am now I am pregnant with ideas, but <laughs> we got to wrap this up. So uh, I've been Lou. I've been Ben, and th- th- this is what you put us in your RSS feeds for. This is what you signed up for. Um, frankly, this is your fault. Frankly, like a hot dog. Yes. Benley, this is your fault. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? I'll see you next week. What do you have is more episodes coming up. Love y'all. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Love you guys. Bye. This has been a Broken Toys Studio production. Yeah. Start good. Tune in like this is radio. <laughs> and now. Don't touch that dial. Walter Cronkite with the news. Oh, the humanity that we still put this podcast out. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so. uh, BTA?